My name is Ryan. I'm an alcoholic. Um, I guess I'll do the chronology because it'll make me talk longer. Um, I was born in Michigan to Canadian parents, and um, my dad is is a minister, Protestant minister. So we were basically uh, roaming around uh, the United States. They were roaming around the United States, um, going from church to church, uh, and I was eventually born in Michigan. And uh, then we went all the way down through the Bible Belt and Florida, where my other brother was born. Um, then uh, when I was five, um, my dad went to seminary in Nova Scotia, and I uh, developed a brain tumor. And um, we stayed in Canada for the health care. And uh, I've always had the question in my brain, if a, if a personality develops between the age of three and five, what happens if you throw a brain tumor in there? Like, what happens? I don't I have no idea. No one can tell me. Yeah, so um, there's alcoholism in my family. My grandfather, my family's been military since before World War I. My grandfather uh, was a veteran of World War II in Korea. And he was an alcoholic. Um, he was the, and I haven't even really met a lot of my father's family because my father left his family and became religious a lot because there's so much alcoholism on his side of the family. Um, so my dad joined uh, the military as a chaplain. So we uh, moved around quite a bit. Um, I started. Uh, Drink. I guess my first real drink was uh, we'd all go to the family property um, with all the other families, um, and I would break into my aunt's house and steal their booze. Um, so from the beginning, uh, there was no social endeavor. <laughs> it was uh, me and my brother in the woods breaking into houses and stealing booze. Um, and... Uh, before I got drunk for the first time, I got my brother drunk just to see what would happen. Um, and, uh, and then I got drunk and uh, we roamed around uh, the woods and uh, went to bed. Um, and uh, my uncle, who was a doctor, came to check up on us and uh, said, huh, it must be uh, the day after. And then said, huh, it must be one of those 24 hour bugs. So right there, I learned I could get away with it, um, and I did. Uh, we moved around a lot, um, but we always went back to Cambridge, New Brunswick uh, as a home base. Um, I always had, uh, I, I kind of used drugs more as a teenager um, until I moved to Ottawa, where I started to drink uh, heavily as a teenager. Um, then that, that combined with, uh, my inability to respect the 10 commandments led to my parents kicking me out. So I left home at, at 17, um, and I was working at nights, going to high school during the days. And, uh, I guess that was the beginning of, um, it's kind of a slow decline, um, over the next five years. Eventually, well, let's see, the first time I was forced into a rehab is when um, uh, my high school found 
a huge, they did a locker check and found a huge marijuana pipe in my, my locker. Uh, but the one thing I took away from that is like the police, they said, uh, we've never seen a pipe, a homemade pipe like this so powerful before. And I just took that as a huge compliment. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm onto something here. Um, so uh, they took me, uh, they tried to scare me by taking me to all these uh, rehabs where cons go and ex-cons and didn't work. Uh, I just kind of kept uh, doing what I was doing and spiraling into uh, eventually hard drugs um, and alcohol. But in the end, it came down to alcohol because it was uh, I was developing pretty serious mental mental illness and uh, the drugs weren't working anymore. Um, so I, I just switched to alcohol. And um, there's, I guess, two years, two years of my life are a blur. I don't even remember. Um, I was uh, in the Royal Ottawa Hospital, which is a mental health facility, Canada. And I don't even remember my cousins from Venezuela coming up to see me. I don't, I don't remember a lot. Um, and uh, for me, those, I guess uh, I've done uh, in total about eight rehabs, um, four inpatient, four eight, four outpatient. Um, I kind of saw them as vacations. Uh, I didn't, they were never um, an honest attempt to get sober. It was me either getting out, out of trouble or me uh, getting, uh, just taking a break from life and getting three meals a day. And, uh, it was more of a vacation for me. Um, eventually, I found that uh, eventually I got into college and um, I was doing well. And I figured that this was working better because I could uh, I could manage my drinking by um, binging uh, on the, like when there was time off and uh, I could focus on my studies uh, as a way of keeping me sober. But um, that didn't really work um, in the beginning. Um, I stayed in school for a long time uh, and my drinking progressed. I realized um, I did skip a part here. I should go back uh, in my early twenties. My parents had me um, locked up. Uh, they had the military police come get me. Uh, and that was the beginning of me going through the system. And that was the beginning of my diagnosis too. I had been treated uh, five years before that for schizophrenia, but there was no diagnosis because it takes a long time to get a proper diagnosis. Can everyone hear me okay? Is this, uh... yeah, okay. Um, so uh, eventually after, the, after I got locked up, I was diagnosed with this thing called schizoaffective disorder. I'm not happy, I don't know if I can be happy with the diagnosis today. Um, I could be more on the bipolar side, um, who knows? Uh, but I do wanna get a reassessed in the future. Um, so after that, I think uh, I ended up doing about four more rehabs. I, I just couldn't get it through my skull <laughs> that I couldn't drink um, uh, because it was the perfect uh, escape. Um, and it was like medicine too. So I just kept doing that, but I learned after getting locked up that I need to drink in a safe space. So what that meant was uh, drinking alone somewhere, locking myself up like a werewolf or something, just so I could uh, drink and have what I called fun. 
and that last, but I, I was telling myself all this time, you know, if I, if I end up hurting someone again or whatever, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit. Uh, that I, I still became a lunatic and like roamed the streets of Ottawa and Toronto, like a lunatic. Uh, after the booze ran out, I would go on blackouts and just go on a, a rabid search for booze. I don't know how I didn't get locked up again, but um, um, so fast forward, I guess five years, and I'm in Toronto and uh, I'm doing a university degree and uh, I go home to watch my brother in a play. He's an actor. And uh, eventually I was, uh, I had been drinking for three days and I eventually I was violent with him and my family kicked me out again. And um, that was my low point. That was my, my last drink uh, six years ago. Um, I love my brothers a lot. And that was, uh, I felt disgusted with myself after that. So I quit. And uh, I was very apprehensive about going to meetings because of uh, the religious nature. <clears throat> my dad said that my claims were unfounded, but my dad's uh, religious. So obviously he's a little biased. Um, uh, in the end, I promised my other brother uh, that I would go to meetings for the family. Um, I was telling him I was really, really busy and I didn't have time, which I, which was kind of true. But I was working at a, a, a newspaper office on the campus and um, right across the office was a, a graduate student lounge where they had AA meetings uh, twice a week. So I had no excuse. It was like right across the hall. Um, so I went there and it was just one other guy. And uh, we had meetings, just me and that one other guy for a month, I think a month. And then eventually he told me I have to go to a real meeting. <laughs> and then um, he took me downtown um, to his meeting, which was uh, one of the uh, LGBTQ meetings in Toronto at the Sunnybrook Hospital. And <clears throat> um, I, was, I was very open from the beginning. And I said, I'm an atheist, this isn't going to work. And uh, I, I would ask, where are the atheists? Where can I find them? I need to talk to one. Um, because this time around, I wasn't just going to sit complacently. I wanted to give it an honest shot. Um, and uh, so a gentleman down at the Sunnybrook Hospital took me to a meeting at the 519 where I, um, members of Beyond Belief were speaking uh, after they had been delisted from uh, the Toronto Intergroup. And uh, there I met uh, Phil B and Joanne, who I'm still in contact with today. I saw Joanne yesterday um, <clears throat> and they were speaking. And um, <laughs> when they were so honest and uh, so full of resentment, I'm like, these are my people. I've, uh, I need to connect with them just based on how they felt about religion and AA. Um, because that's what I was saying all these years. Uh, and um, no one was listening, it felt. So I followed them and I became friends with Phil. And uh, he took me to Beyond Belief Toronto where I met Josie. And uh, I've been doing service there ever since. Um, I started off um, a couple weeks after, yeah, a couple weeks after I started going to Beyond Belief, I became secretary. I was secretary for a year, then I was treasurer for three years. Um, and then I have been uh, 
the uh, intergroup rep for the last two and a half years. Um, and then the, the pandemic hit. Uh, I should say that during, uh, I decided to go to grad school during my, my sobriety, which was really tough. Um, <clears throat> but I got through it just in time for the pandemic to hit. So that was, that was tough. Um, and uh, I haven't had an address since uh, 2019. I guess that's okay. Um, I still have a place to live. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I can really see how my, it's really hard, um, I find, to see how much progress I've made, even though I've made a ton of progress over the last six years, because uh, I'm really hard on myself. Um, and I probably wouldn't be where I am today if I wasn't hard on myself. But at the same time, I feel like I'm going to give myself an ulcer sometimes by the amount of worrying I do. Um, so I guess uh, over these, these uh, six years, I did um, go to, uh, I did want to be a proper skeptic and go to traditional AA and make sure but I wasn't missing anything and I wanted to be thorough. So I went back to traditional and I, I got a sponsor there and we went through the big book and stuff, uh, but uh, it wasn't meant to be. I was asking too many questions and uh, sponsor let me go and uh, that's fine. Um, so I guess over time, I kind of developed uh, my own philosophy, which is based around stoicism and uh, and um, CBT, uh, just continually trying to improve myself and my position in life um, and focusing on what I can control. Uh, um, Joe C says, there's two things I can't stand in life that's uh, <clears throat> change and routine. I can very much relate to that, <clears throat> which is why I started this new meeting called Talk Show because it doesn't have any rituals and uh, it's all based on questions which means it's basically a different meeting uh, every week, um, stays fresh, um, and people aren't thinking about what they're going to say next. Uh, they're thinking about questions. So that's what I'm doing these days. Um, I went to my first uh, in-person agnostic meeting last night, and uh, that was really cool. I met Xander for the first time in person, um, and that was different. Um, it was a little awkward. Like, I feel like I've lost like my verbal communication skills to a certain extent since the pandemic hit. Because uh, part of my mental illness is uh, uh, locking myself up and uh, isolating. So I made, over the years, I made sure in terms of CBT therapy to go outside every day and, and talk and uh, get out of my head. But the lockdowns, and I, did, I didn't really adapt to Zoom all that well because uh, it's too easy for me to just press mute or leave a meeting. Um, so now I'm trying to uh, go back to practicing my verbal communication skills. And uh, so I'm back in Toronto now after hiding in the woods for about a year and uh, making some big moves. And I'm trying to just keep getting better, trying to keep becoming a better version of myself. Um, so I guess I went for 20 minutes was 20 minutes, which is really good for my, for me. Um, I'm pretty much finished unless anyone would like to ask questions or probing questions where I can talk some more. 
or you can just uh, open it up for shares. It's up to you. Thanks.